Hey, would you open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7? And this morning we're continuing our series on Advent, and specifically the third Advent, which is the Advent of Peace. Now, Isaiah chapter 9, it's a prophecy of the Messiah, and it's one of the great Christmas passages in the whole Bible. It's again talking about Prince of Peace. Now, Peace is not just the absence of war or the absence of conflict, but it is really um, wholeness and completion. It's about being content and not complaining and grumbling about everything. I'll tell you a funny story about a guy who did not have peace and always grumbled and complained in every situation. He uh, visits a restaurant for the first time. The waiter, the server sits him down and offers him complimentary piece of bread you know any other person was like oh sweet shoots free bread especially like the kind from cheesecake factory yeah the brown one with the oats anyways um so he gets a bread he's like oh you know why only one bread my favorite restaurant they serve plenty of bread he goes okay sir i mean we'll we'll, we'll offer you more and the following week he finishes his meal. The following week, he comes back, and the servers see the same guy again. He goes, oh, you know what? I'll offer two bread this time, two pieces of bread. So he offers him two pieces of bread. He goes, sir, compliments of the restaurants. We gave you two pieces of bread. He goes, oh, only two? Uh, my favorite restaurant, they serve me all-you-can-eat bread. So he finishes his meal, and he leaves. Well, guess what? The following week, he shows up again. And uh, the chef, knowing, and the server, knowing that guy would be back. So they're like, I'll give that guy something to complain about. So he bakes him this piece of bread, like six feet long, about three feet wide. You know, it doesn't even fit in his table. As the man sits down, uh, the server approaches him and gives him this piece of bread. He goes, sir, here you go, all the bread that you can eat. And the man turns, looks to the servant, says, what, we're back to this one bread thing again? <laughs> now, that man is not at peace, but we're gonna be talking about peace today. And let's turn to our text in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six through seven. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, there it is, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. And I highlighted this because this is a very important topic. This is a very important idea in this passage. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. 
This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Now the word peace is common in most languages. People talk about peace treaties or time of peace and uh, usually means that uh, it's an absence of war or absence of conflict. And the Bible um, does refer to peace uh, as absence of conflict, but it, it also points to something else. See, the, the word for peace in the Old Testament is shalom. In the New Testament, it's irene. Rene, actually, uh, Greek word, uh, irenic, means peaceful. Rene is peaceful. That's what it means. Uh, irene is um, peace in the New Testament in Greek. Uh, peace, it points to something that is deeper. The most basic meaning of shalom in the Old Testament is complete or whole. The word can refer to a, a stone that is perfect, is a perfect whole shape with no cracks and no pukas, right? In Joshua chapter 8, verse 31, you make an altar of shalom or whole stone. It can also refer to a completed stone that has no gaps or missing bricks. Shalom, it refers to something that's complex with lots of pieces that's in a state of completeness and wholeness. It's like uh, Job who says that his tents are in a state of shalom because he counted his flock and no animals were missing in Job chapter 5 verse 24, that it was in shalom. See, shalom is not just absence of war, it's actually the presence of something. And the presence of that is wholeness or completion or completeness. That's why shalom can refer to a person's well-being, that I am at peace or I'm whole and I am complete. It's like when David visited his brothers on the battlefield and he asked about their shalom, how their wellness was. See, the core idea is that life is complex and it's full of moving parts and relationships and situations. And when any of these things are out of alignment or missing, shalom breaks and it breaks down and life is no longer whole and it needs to be restored. See, that's the most basic meaning of shalom when you use it as a verb. When you use it as a verb. To bring shalom means to make or to complete something or to restore it. It's uh, Solomon, he brings shalom to the unfinished temple when he completes it in 1 Kings 9.25. Or if your accident, if your animal accidentally damages your neighbor's field, you shalom them. You make that complete your relationship um, by uh, giving them a complete payment for their loss. You take what's missing and you restore it to wholeness in Exodus chapter 22 verse 4. And it's the same thing with human relationships. Um, the book of Proverbs uh, means to reconcile and to heal a broken relationship is to bring shalom in Proverbs 16, 7. And all that to say is, here, here's our main point. And would you write this down? Biblical peace is not just the absence of conflict, but the presence of wholeness. 
peace, biblical peace, peace that's in the Bible, the shalom of God, the peace of God that surpasses our, all human understanding does not just mean there's no conflict or there's no war because we could quote unquote be at peace with our loved ones, but there's tension that's not spoken, but it's still there. You see, um, back in the garden, this idea of shalom is really one of wholeness. It's this idea of flourishing, this idea of thriving, where God created everything for Adam and Eve, for people, for you and for me, so that we could flourish and we could thrive in the garden. It's what Jesus says in John chapter 10 that he, even though the thief has come to steal, to kill and destroy, I have come so that you may have life and life to the full, to this completion and to this wholeness of flourishing. Jesus has come to give us peace. So Jesus then, he is our peace. It's through his life you see, during that, those times, kings, they were supposed to bring shalom or wholeness to the people, but instead, they, they followed their own ways. They were selfish. They were um, selfish for greed, lustful for um, their appetites, and didn't serve their people well. In the prophet Isaiah, he looked forward here in Isaiah 9 to a future king, this prince of shalom, and his reign would bring shalom with no end. There's a time when God would make a covenant, that God would make a promise of shalom with his people and make right all the wrongs and heal all that's been broken. And this is why Jesus, his birth in the New Testament was announced as the arrival of Irene, which is peace. Remember that Greek word for peace? Jesus came to offer peace to others. Like when he said to his followers in John 14, 27, My peace I give to you. The apostle um, claimed, the apostles, they claimed that Jesus made peace between messed up human beings and God when he died and rose from the dead. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says, we have peace with God, we have wholeness with God, we have restoration with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So the idea is that God restores us to wholeness. Earlier in our study in Isaiah, a couple months ago, we talked how God turns our mourning into dancing. He turns a beauty from ashes. And maybe during this time of uh, COVID, you feel like things in your life have been broken. Things have been taken away. You, there's been loss and grief. And you don't know if, if it's Irreparable damage. May I proclaim to you this morning by the authority of God's word that Jesus is the Prince of Peace.
He brings wholeness. What the enemy had intended for evil, what you all, Joseph, told his brothers, what you all had intended for evil, God turned it around for his good. So come before the Lord as you are this morning. Know that he brings wholeness and he brings completion. Part of that is physical healing. Some of you this morning, you're suffering through ailments and, and sickness, and God wants to bring wholeness. The kingdom of God is here now. Through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, healing is available. For some of us, there's a loss of relationship. There's, um, God wants to bring healing and wholeness to you. And maybe you've grieved long enough, and uh, you've gone through the season of grieving, and you know you. You don't know when it will ever end. But this morning, I want to encourage you that Jesus brings wholeness and restoration. Not only will He take away conflict between Him and you, not only will He remove anxiety from your mind, but He will bring wholeness and completion so that you would flourish in the kingdom of God. Lastly, We'll close with this. The passion of God will accomplish His work. The passion of God will accomplish His work. Let's read in verse 7. Of the increase of His government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over His kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice, with righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore. And I love this part. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. God will make this happen. You notice it doesn't say that the Lord will do this, even though He does do it. But it says, and it's true, but what it says is that the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. He's going to do everything. And He's going to do it with zeal, with passion. See, the zeal of the Lord of hosts, the passion of God, is moving through history, lifting history, carrying us forward to the triumph of Jesus. And we will not achieve this glory and the victory of God in this world. It's God who will do this. Now this word zeal, it's, this, it's the fire that's burning in the heart of God when we are disheartened. God still has within Himself all the energy, all the motivation, all the de determination for His kingdom to succeed magnificently. It's used over in the Song of Solomon, you know, the love poetry of what's burning in the hearts between a bride and a groom. This word zeal is used of a warrior psyching himself out like doing a haka, right? Right before going out to war in Isaiah chapter 42, he stirs up zeal. God is all in. And this morning... If you feel like giving up, like you have no strength left, 
like you are discouraged. You are disheartened. You're ready to tap out. You're ready to quit. You're ready to walk out. You're ready to give up. May I encourage you and strengthen you by the power and the authority of God's word, the zeal, the passion, the power of the Lord will accomplish his good work in your life. Paul says in Philippians, I'm confident of this, that he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you're running on low, if you're running on fumes, and you're discouraged and disheartened this morning, the zeal of the Lord will accomplish His purpose in your life. He who calls you is faithful. He began a good work. He will perfect the good work and He will complete the good work that He's doing in your life. Never lose hope. Don't give up because the passion of God will accomplish this. When you run out of your own strength, lean in, rest in the zeal of God for you. It's this very passion that he cried in the garden of Gethsemane for you. It's this very passion that he has that nailed him to the cross for you. It's this very passion that caused the father to resurrect his son from the dead so that you and I will have victory. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you, O Lord God, that you are the Prince of Peace, that you bring wholeness and restoration in our lives. We thank you, O Lord God, that you are meek and lowly, gentle in spirit, humble, Lord, in heart. So Father, I pray that we would experience your shalom this closing year of 2020, this Advent, that we would personally surrender to you. Lord, I pray, God, that you would strengthen your people through your Holy Spirit. Your word says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Strengthen your people, Lord. Rekindle that fire. When they run out, Lord, I pray that it's your zeal, your passion, your fervor, Lord. The saints persevere because God preserves. It's because of your zeal that will do this. So Lord, we love you, we believe you, we trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. God's people say, amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. And have an amazing week. God bless you guys.